This is Masters in Travel, a rendezvous with the intersection of travel and business to accelerate your success. I'm your host, Whitney Schindler, owner of Undiscovered Sunsets. Each week, we have one goal in mind, to provide advice, insights, and resources to help you maximize your potential. Get ready to become a master in travel. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Masters in Travel. I'm your host, Whitney. When I started my travel business, I was most excited to dive into the branding of my new business. The logo, the fonts, my website, all the things that were going to make me feel super official as a new business owner. Turns out having a logo is just the beginning. As I started to find my footing as a new business owner, I began to look for ways to create a consistently branded experience for my clients because I know that branding in the simplest of definitions is known to increase recognition and to build trust. And part of branding is to integrate it throughout every aspect of your business from start to finish. In theory, this seems pretty straightforward, but in execution, I feel like there are a lot of opportunities that we as travel advisors, me included, might be overlooking when seeking out opportunities to integrate our brand throughout a client's experience. So I've called in the professionals. (laughs) Here with me today is the dynamic duo of Teak, a boutique website branding and systems design studio for the modern travel advisor to talk all things branding. Jennifer Jacob is the COO and co-founder of Teak. Jennifer, I'm so happy to have you with us today. Thank you. So happy to be here. And Robin Brown is the CEO and creative director of Teak. Robin, welcome. Thank you. So excited. So before diving into integrating our brand throughout the client experience from start to finish, Let's back it up one step to talk about the importance of branding in general and for travel advisors specifically. So Robin, why do you feel that branding is so important? And do you feel in your opinion that this should be one of the first priorities when a travel advisor is establishing their new business? Yes. I love talking about the foundations of branding because I feel like a lot of people get it muddled in their head that branding is a pretty logo and a really fun color palette. And that's like where the buck stops. Branding is is every single, like it should be woven into every single touch point of you to a client. So when people come to your social media and then when they visit your website, when they're going through your inquiry form and all of those different things, all of those should be branded to your business, which is why when we created Teak, we weren't just going to do systems and we weren't just going to do website and design like most people do, we wanted to do everything because everything is so important. Your brand should be incorporated in your client experience. So I do think it's one of the foundations. It definitely (laughs) sets you up for success. If you do it right the first time and you get those systems in place, you identify a brand that like you love. So yeah, Jen, do you have anything to add to that? No, I think that it really boils down to that branding should be the epicenter and guiding light of everything in your company. So it serves in the way that you present yourself. It serves in the niche that you have chosen. It serves in the way that you show up online and in social media. So essentially, and this is (laughs) to summarize everything we're about to talk about, it shows up in literally every aspect of not only your 
aesthetic and platform online, but also your client experience. Mm -hmm. And I definitely thought at the beginning that it was more of just creating the aesthetic. And that's what I was really excited about. I knew that it was more than a logo. I knew that it should also reflect on my website and on my social media. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I knew a little bit, but I didn't take it as far as my systems, my communication. And most importantly, what I love that you said is that it attracts your branding and your whole brand identity attracts the clients that you want to work with and really sets you in your niche and your specialty and the area of the travel business that you want to focus on. And this is like the big gaping hole that I didn't focus on at the beginning of my business. Yeah, right. Because you're just trying to figure it out. Like there's so Mm -hmm. many things to figure out when starting a business. That's why I mean, we want to be a resource to everybody at any stage. Like you're always able to rebrand. Like you're never, if you didn't do this in the beginning, like there's no rule saying like you can't go back and reevaluate. It's definitely an life to get it out of the way in the beginning and kind of establish yourself when you're establishing your business. But I tell people all the time, like, don't feel bad if you were just starting out, like you don't know what you don't know. Right. So yep. Exactly. Okay. So let's dive into a little bit of the integration because I feel like common knowledge of logos, websites, colors, fonts. I feel like most people have a general understanding of what this looks like. So I would like to dive into a little bit about like, first and foremost, what does it even mean to integrate and weave your brand throughout every step? Because I'll tell you when I got started, I was like, okay, my logo is looks like a sunset and it's or I don't know, I'm talking like this. I don't sound like this. It's oranges and yellows <laughs> and purples. And so when I was sending physical documents to my clients. I was like, okay, I need an orange folder. Check. Yes. Brand integration. <laughs> Woo, I did it. So how it works with us when, when we start on a client project and we start on that design discovery phase, I start with creative directions and keywords. So we nail down what keywords do you want people to feel when they come to your brand? So if you're a fun, lighthearted, do you want people to feel very welcomed? Like you're a very bubbly personality and you want that to show through on your travel advisor brands? Like that should also come through on your voice for your website copy. Like, don't be, don't be super formal. Don't be super buttoned up. Like clearly people who are coming to you for your personality, like you want that to kind of go further. So same thing with your email templates. When Jen designs like email templates and custom workflows for people, voice matters because you want to talk to your clients in a way that goes with your brand. So it's really thinking through every step of the process. And one way I like to, because people are like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know what keywords I want. One thing I always like to start off with when people don't have any idea what their branding is, is like, it's called the party analogy. So if your travel business was a party, what kind of party would it be? Would it be like a super fun birthday party with like crazy colors? Or would it be like a small intimate dinner party where you're kind of like chill with a glass of wine and good conversation, like meaningful, deep conversation? What would that look like? You know, so it's like kind of starting there. I love that exercise. Isn't that fun? Yeah, I want the chill party with the wine and the deep, meaningful conversations. <laughs> a beach bonfire. Yeah. Ooh, beach bonfire. Like, See that? Okay, so So that's such a great exercise because I immediately have images and visions coming to my head that it's like, okay, fun birthday party. Awesome. But not for me. Beach bonfire. I'll come if you invite me. But if I'm hosting the party, that's not what I would do. Exactly. 
I love, oh, that's a really great exercise. I love that. I'm, I know. I heard that somewhere and I was like, done. I'm stealing it forever. So, it, and then that kind of goes into, okay, so you've established that you're, you're a dinner party gal. Like, how does that look like when people come to the party? Like, are you going up and greeting them personally? Like welcoming them with a glass of champagne or a glass of wine? And I always think to like those big, really, the really, really strong brands like Target, amazing brand. I mean, they took a super store and made it into an experience. Like a Target run is a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like the you grab things you don't even need. Anthropology, I think, does another amazing job at branding because you're not just thinking about anthropology as like very chic and like sophisticated, luxurious clothing. You think about like walking into their store, like their store layout is so different than any other store layout. Like you always smell a volcano candle. So <laughs> all those little pieces are into their brand. And a lot of people they just they don't think about all that. So that's why we're here. We're just trying Love to bring in all those fun little details that when people work with you, they leave being like, okay, like that was an awesome experience. And like, they felt your brand throughout the whole entire thing. Jennifer, talk to me a little bit about, especially as a travel advisor, why it's not enough for us to just have our logo, have our email signature, our website ready to go, because all travel advisors are so very different, right? So why doesn't just having these kind of tick, tick, tick at the beginning, why isn't that just enough for us? Why do we need the whole brand experience like a big company like Target or Anthropology? So I'm going to sell myself out real quick and let you all know that Robin is my brand ambassador. (laughs) So essentially, when Robin joined me about five years ago, the thing was, I absolutely thought that a logo was sufficient. My banner image on the website was a watercolor map. And Lord knows we have just come so far from that watercolor map. But I absolutely thought like you mentioned, where a logo is kind of the end of the road when it comes to branding. And I didn't think about what that meant and how it translated through my process. But the realization is that people can book anywhere. Right now, we have internet overwhelm. Anyone can book anywhere. But people don't buy from companies. People join people. And I come from an HR background. So to me, that is incredibly important. And Robin and I were in Greek life together. And so we always think about like, why do people join? Why are they attracted to something? And it all boils down to recruitment. And so everything we've learned, because Robin actually has a background in recruitment as well. Everything we apply to Teak boils down to recruitment, whether it's internal customer or external customer. So like Robin mentioned, you don't go to Target for necessities. You go for an experience. If someone were coming to you as a necessity to book something, they might just hop online, either go to Expedia, go direct to the website. It's transactional, but we are not meant to be transactional as travel professionals. We are meant to provide an immersive experience and a pleasant journey to the journey. So to me, it is imperative that it's not just that we are booking, it's that we're actually laying the groundwork, giving them a path for the booking process and creating a loyal long-term clientele. I think it's really powerful when you talk about that people work with people. And sometimes when, if we, even if we take this out of the travel industry and travel professionals for a second, and if we just think about hiring a photographer or hiring any sort of service provider, even, even a hairstylist, honestly, because I feel like they're getting pretty savvy with their websites and social media too. Sometimes your decision is based on quality and review 
reviews and service and like one person compared to another is night and day of the quality or the service that you're going to compare. But if we move on to like level two of deciding who we want to work with in any realm, you can set four travel advisors who all are top of the top, best of the best, reviewed five stars across the board, all their clients love them, but they are vastly different travel advisors. And if you're looking at those four compared to each other, those four travel advisors shouldn't feel like competition to each other. They should all feel like, hey, we're all up here at the top. We all do what we do. We are all good at what we do, but we all have an entirely different personality, first and foremost, of like how we even work with our clients, right? We all have a different specialty and niche. We all have a different approach to how we design travel. We all have different ideas of what a trip should look like. And so that I feel and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's where we're going with this brand integration is that clients in comparing four top travel advisors and deciding who they want to work with, they can find out all these things that they talk to us. If they schedule a call with all four of us, they can say, oh, all of them are really great, but they're all very different. But the brand is what shows them right up front, just visually, these four are all really great, but they're all really different. And then those clients right back to what you said before, Robin, about attracting those clients are probably going to gravitate toward one advisor or another simply based on their brand and the visuals that they're putting out into the world. Yeah. How easy is your website to navigate? Can I easily access your inquiry form? Like, are there CTA buttons everywhere that tell me as a potential client, like where to go to get to you? It's also because like you need a pretty website. Like I'm all about making things look pretty, but at the same time, it's got to be strategic. Yep. And then also little details of when you get to that design form. Is it just a quick like name, email, phone number, I'll give you a ring. Or if you go see mine, it's three miles long. And I ask a whole bunch of crazy questions like that's going to tell you a little bit about me and the information that I feel is important. And I know that that form turns away some clients. I know that some people go to that design my trip by design. And some advisors are really nervous about that. And I'm like, no, 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 I have built in a filter. Yeah. This is like filter number one. And if you get past it, then let's set up a call. But if you can't even get past my form, we're probably not a good fit. Preach. <laughs> exactly. Because you want to yes. clients. You, want, you don't want them to ghost you. Like if yep. they take the time to fill out your three mile form, homegirl's going to respond to your email about stuff. Exactly. I had a, an advisor ask me recently, she like had a look at my workflow and she was like, do you just automatically start a new trip every time someone calls you? Like I wait until we get a little bit further in the process so that I know that they're serious before I really like start a trip in my workflow. And I was like, yeah, actually, usually if you fill out my form and if you set up a call with me, yep. 90% of those trips are moving forward. Right. And that does, I don't know that that says anything about me. I think it says more about my process is that I'm setting up such big hurdles before we get to that point that I'm actually really surprised if you fill out my form, we get on the phone and then you don't continue forward. Well, and you're, you're showing your value during that intake call. And so I think there's a couple key pieces to that that you mentioned. To me, part of that in your brand says, I genuinely care about getting to know you in your intake form. And that is part of your branding in itself. I love that. How you word your questions in your intake form. Are they playful? Are they fun? Are they formal? I mean, all of that is establishing a brand, but also setting boundaries. And Robin and I 
I mean, we have been through all the hurdles of learning that we need to set boundaries. And by integrating a thorough inquiry form, as well as a Calendly link, I mean, if someone is going through the process of actually setting time out of their day, rather than just at a whim, texting you, Facebook messaging you, things like that, then they've yep. committed to utilizing you and and not just utilizing you, but also viewing you as a professional service. And that is also a brand in itself. Yep. Robin, talk to me about consistency. Cause I think that I'm starting to have a better idea of not only branding and its importance and then how we start integrating that. But what I've started to realize now five years into my business is have I really integrated my brand from start to finish in every single step? And does my language and my, you know, conversational verbiage that I use and the social media captions that I use, am I sending a consistent message? I actually have no idea. This could be an interesting case study if I really am. But talk to me about consistency and why it's important. And when we're not consistent, what that's indirectly communicating to clients. Yeah. So me and Jen talk about this a lot with each other, like lack of consistency communicates a lack of consistency. So if you're kind of like sporadic and it's like you invested a lot in like your website, but your processes are a mess, like, I mean, you're, you're getting part of it, but you're not getting the full thing. So regardless of whether you consider yourself a luxury travel advisor, we provide a luxury service for people. Kind of like Jen was talking about, like ultimately you can do this on your own, but we are that next level. And by not having that consistency, whether it is like I'm the fun and exciting type or I'm the cool, chill, holistic type, I'm like a wellness expert, whatever it is, if you don't like communicate that throughout, like you kind of lose that luxury service provider aspect. Um, and it's your, it's truly your responsibility to provide that like immersive experience in your business. So, I mean, if you forget to like represent your brand or you don't pay attention to those like small little details, are you going to pay attention to those details for my trip? Like, that's what I always think. Yeah. No. And, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I completely agree. Matters. And yep. so, I don't know. I was outside a travel advisor. I'm getting, I was supposed to get married in Italy this past summer, but oh well for those plans. And so I'm getting married again now, like in this next upcoming summer. And then I saw it all the time when I was reaching out to like videographers and photographers. And it's like, gosh, you have the most amazing website ever. But like, I never hear from you. Like, I never even heard that you got my submission form. Like, it was just kind of messy. And to me, in my mind, when like you don't, and I'm not saying you need to respond to a person five minutes within them emailing you, like we all have lives and like boundaries are amazing. But I mean, if I don't hear from you from a week, like, are you going to forget it? Like what details about my wedding are you going to forget? So I always take that over to travel as well, like with my business. I think that's a, a really great comparison. I also had a pretty similar experience when I was planning my wedding and I just kept finding myself thinking like, if you're not responding to my questions now, if you're not even answering my questions or you're not responding to my emails, you're not even letting me know that you received a payment. Like right. what is this going to look like on my wedding day? I'm not hiring you to stress me out, you know? Right. And I remember when we were working with a real estate agent, I would send just like a gajillion questions because I felt like we weren't being provided any information. And every time I would hit send, I would just kind of look at my husband and be like, what's happening to people who aren't asking questions? Because no information has has been provided. Right. And why do I have to ask these questions? Like, isn't 
I, I don't know. I just, by the end of the process, everything worked out. We had a beautiful wedding. We have a beautiful home, but I'm not referring business to any of those people. I'm not talking about them. I'm not, if I were to buy another home, I would start the process over and researching who to work with. I wouldn't go back to that person that I worked with previously. So yeah, consistency just communicates so, so, so much. And that's why I always say, like, I always joke that like Jen is the systems girl. I'm like the design girl. So it's like less brain and right brain. Like I make things pretty, Jen makes them functional, but like it goes like, you can't have one and not the other. Like if I look at your website and it's garbage, I'm probably going to move forward with somebody else because it's like, if you don't take time there, you're going to take time for me. But then at the same time, if you only have a pretty website and you only have a pretty Instagram feed, but you don't know how to manage clients or you don't have a set client experience, you're also missing the buck. So again, that's why we were just sick of seeing it as two separate businesses and not Mm -hmm one person who just like envelops themselves in your business. And I'm really glad that you highlighted kind of your guys's thought process behind building Teak and how you decided which services to offer and which were important. Because even from an outside perspective and from someone who does really pay attention to all the details, like that's my secret sauce when it comes to trip planning. My clients always talk about how detailed I am like to a fault. I didn't realize that that was your intention behind Teak. And I really appreciate that you guys didn't just a, a approach it as well there's a lot of travel advisors who need a website and they need a logo. So like, let's just do that thing. You really thought about it from start to finish and say, okay, a website and a logo isn't enough. Yeah. We need to go the next step and we need to go all the way through the client experience and of the service that travel advisors are providing and, and brand it from start to finish. So I love that. We also had been through all the hard things. So we had gone from being under a host, going independent, rebranding, rebranding while changing consortia. So it was a lot getting our own IATA. Like it was a lot. And there was really no one place to turn to get any question. Well, not any, but all questions answered in a concise way. And it felt like even though we are, we, we do frequently say community over competition in the travel space, it still feels very competition focused and forward. And so as ICs, we are naturally more independent. That's just kind of the structure. And that's why people are attracted to being ICs. So when we looked at Teak and the future and the potential of having Teak as a a reality in the travel space, it just made sense to make it a one-stop shop. And it actually was originally going to be like a launch product. Like basically we would help all new businesses launch. But really in the middle of COVID fatigue, people have really found a space where they wanted to reevaluate their brand. And so it has morphed a little bit less towards solely launches to really redefining a brand. I really love that. Let's talk a little bit about some of the must-haves for a travel advisor when it comes to branding and creating a consistent client experience. Because I think that some of these topics are really easy to grasp and to understand in theory, lay up here in the clouds. And then I get back to my desk and I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm excited. Let's do something. And then ooh, where do I, where do I begin? So Robin, talk to me a little bit about some of the top elements that you feel for travel advisors are non-negotiables. 
okay. when it comes to branding and integrating a consistent client experience? 2020 has definitely shown us that you have to be online. Like you can't discount like an online presence. And I think first and foremost, that's going to start with social media. Some people prefer Instagram. Some people prefer Facebook, whatever it is, create a social media strategy and like a consistent posting schedule, content pillars. Me and Jen did a whole free Instagram training on this. That's actually live on our resource library, just walking people through like how to create a brand on social media and then how to implement that brand in a strategy that finds you those clients those that attracts that ideal client for you. But then you do that, you find them on social, they like are interested in your services, they've got to go to a beautiful website. And again, not beautiful, but strategic. Like we have to be able to convert those clients. They see a great website that's beautifully designed, has awesome images that inspire them to take that African safari or whatever it is, and then converts them into somebody filling out your form and booking a consultation with you. So those are my two non-negotiables. And then I know Jen is big on the systems. Yep. Jen, tell me what your non-negotiables are for new advisors. <laughs> well, again, to Robin's point, I'm the, I'm the functional, <laughs> like, She's the aesthetic and I've learned so much from Robin's brand awareness and focus when we started working together. And I always think about liability and protecting your peace. That's the mantra that Robin and I say all the time is, are we protecting our peace? So to me, there's two questions to always ask yourself. Are you working smarter, not harder? And are you protecting your business? And so by creating a strong workflow that is always consistent and capturing signatures in the right place, getting the information you need, having a a great terms and conditions, even a COVID waiver at this point, all of these things create a seamless system. And when you have someone look at it and, and I know that many people have had a systems audit during COVID, which is so helpful, but strong systems with automation and an on-brand tone of voice are going to set you apart from 99% of other travel advisors. And that sounds terrible, but the reality is when we've started working with people for workflows, they will admit, yes, I have a flow, but it's not solidified. It's not always consistent and it's not automated. And so let's be real. We are humans. And when we don't automate things, things fall through the cracks. And I mean, as long as you do this, you still have clients that leave on a Saturday and Sunday and you want the day off and they might not get that Bon Voyage email or the check-in 24-hour email or have you arrived email. So you can't skip those. You can't. Those are really important. (laughs) They are. They're part of the experience. They're part of the handhold and people hire us for the handhold. So when you miss those important steps and you're not ensuring that they're being automated or even considered within your workflow, you're missing such a major opportunity for that raving fan. And we want raving fans because I think the vast majority of travel advisors that we talk with, they don't just want a one-time transactional client. We want to build relationships. We want long-time clients and to build long-time raving fan clients who are loyal to us. These are all the small details that kind of all add up. I love that you mentioned the systems and the workflow. Someone recently saw my my long FIT workflow in Travel Joy and when we were doing a screen share and he was like you don't really do all those things do you and i was like 
what do you mean? It's of course I do. It's my workflow. And he was like, you even have on there that you need to post on Instagram, da, 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 da. Like you don't really do that. And I was like, maybe I don't do it, but it's on my list and it needs to be checked off. I really do like to post on Instagram when I booked a new trip to talk about it's an invitation to talk about the destination. It's an invitation to talk about the clients and their story and where they're going and how they decided on where to travel. So yes, it's a check mark on my task list on my workflow, because if it's not there, like you said, Jen, we're all human. If it's not there, it won't happen and it won't get done. So yes, it's on my workflow. I love that because so much of what we do needs to be like educationally based, I feel like, because by providing education, you build trust, you build credibility and you, you explain, we're all fighting the good fight, right? Like why do you, travel advisors, they're still around. Like, what are you talking about? Like I heard it all the time when I first started booking travel and it made me crazy, but it's like, yes, we're still around. We're very relevant. And we provide all these different resources because you don't have the time or knowledge or like connections to make these kind of trips come to life. So I love that. That's such a fun and it's, it's crucial. I mean, I think education, it needs to be a part of what we do when we are like trying to build those and find those potential clients. And again, it's an opportunity for me to highlight the parts of that process that were important to me. So you can talk about anything in Honeymooners book a honeymoon to Bora Bora. Okay, like I can say, hey, I just booked a trip to Bora Bora. Or I can talk about, we've considered Fiji or Bora Bora. This is why they chose Bora Bora over Fiji. This is what they're going to do when they get there. The wife really loves to scuba dive. You know what I mean? Like there's, you can decide what you talk about in terms of those clients or that destination. And that's going to further enhance your brand identity because clients are going to see, oh, Whitney's not talking about the bathtub in the overwater bungalow. She's talking about diving with sharks. Well, you're humanizing the process. I mean, ultimately, we have to humanize our process. You don't see Expedia or TripAdvisor talking about their clients' upcoming experience and what they're customizing and creating and personalizing to them. But we have a unique opportunity to hop on on a free platform. So there's really no excuse, especially in COVID times, to not utilize something that we already have in our brain. It doesn't require creativity. We did the hard part. We created the proposal. And then to pop on and show our knowledge and create interest in a place that maybe your your audience didn't even realize you had information on. Yeah, exactly. So when we think of branding and creating a consistent client experience, I feel like the upfront details are there. Like we talked about the logo, we've talked about the website, we've talked about, you know, our email signature and our calls to action and our design form. But these are all kind of before a client reaches out to us, before we may even know that they're looking at our website or right at the very beginning. So what are some small details that we can think about as travel advisors throughout our process, throughout the proposal design, throughout confirming the trip, you know, even the, the small details you mentioned of sending the Bon Voyage email. Talk to me a little bit about these small details to make sure that us as travel advisors, and I'm speaking to myself, to make sure that we're not starting off really strong and then kind of letting the brand identity trickle away as we go through the process. 
Yeah. Well, I think when it comes to completely new clients coming, it's finding and fine tuning that like marketing, that social media. How often are you going to post a blog? Like, are you going to post a blog every time you come up with a new? And I talk to a lot of people about this. Like people don't understand how to use their blogs and it's a great resource. Do we need it? No. Cause sometimes there's too many pages on websites and clients get lost. So I'm all about simplifying a website, but for blogging and for creating like a sort of credibility, I love it when people, like you said, like you booked a honeymoon to Bora Bora, go talk about it on a blog. That's evergreen content that you can like kind of funnel people to and reuse a lot because again, education, creating like a becoming an authority figure, I would say is so key. So making sure that we are creating and we're portraying ourselves as an authority figure on our social media, on our website, all of those sort of things. And then like luring them in so that once they do officially reach out, they submit that inquiry form. However that looks like maybe it is like only a couple of questions. Like it's just very basic and maybe it is more lengthy. And then where do we go from there? The lead conversion is really like the, where do you go from there? question is so important because I, I even catch myself in this problem of I have a Bora Bora blog, but then once they get to my blog, then what happens? Then when they get to the end of that blog, do I lead them to my design form or, or what happens? Do they on just click out and just go on with their day. So the conversion and and the calls to action are important. How can we take that a step further to make sure that the conversions and the calls to action speak to my brand identity? What details would you look for? What is it aesthetic? Is it the words of the call to action, like what I'm saying to try to get them to go to the next step? Like what comes to mind for you when you think of a call to action connecting with a brand identity? Robin always says that I love words and I I do. I love words so much. So to me, I think the biggest small detail that's overlooked in general is just a welcoming tone. And I will admit that I'm probably a little bit more playful and less formal than most, but I do think that's a trait of a more modernized travel advisor that we're seeing overall as a trend is a little bit more comfort, little less formality. And so those call to actions tend to be like, let's chat or something a little bit less formalized. So it Mm -hmm. removes the intimidation. And we are working with a lot of millennials right now. Um, We have a really broad range of who is working with travel professionals. So to me, it's really important to kind of make sure that you're speaking to all audiences and not ostracize one of them. But you want to make it as least intimidating as possible, as easily accessible. And to me, that's a major small detail that can be integrated into every step of your workflow when talking about next steps, but also majorly call to actions in order to convert those leads that are interested in actually reaching out because they hear themselves in your tone. And I think that's so important. Yeah, like as simple as in your Instagram, like creating, like linking your inquiry form directly in your Instagram with like a little thing that's like book your 2021 trip now with an arrow pointing like every right everything should be almost like dummy proof like you want to grow your email list like go on your Instagram story and say like want to be added to my email list drop your email here like that's gonna people are gonna do that a lot quicker than they will go to your website find your subscription link Mm -hmm. Click and enter subscription info. So it's like lower the barriers to entry. 
also have a purpose for everything. Like sure, sometimes you just need aesthetically a beautiful picture with like a pretty simple caption and nothing has to be, you know, deep from the heart. Like I dug and thought about this for weeks before I posted it type of content. But I mean, I think it's like always comes back. Like I'm going to post this. I'm going to, you know, publish this blog. What do I want people to take out of it? Like, do I want them to book with me? Great. I should put a CTA button right at the bottom. Like, did this like spark your interest? Like, let's chat today. Schedule a or whatever, or let's chop. Yep. Dummy proof the process, like make it easy for people to know what to do and how to do it. If you're looking for new clients, sometimes we're looking for the simplest of things on a business page. And I've even gone to Instagram profiles and I'm like, you know, wait, you don't have a website. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? And then I just go off or like, I'm trying to sign up for your newsletter, but I can't find it. Or, you know, just the simplest of things. And then I'm generally not motivated enough. I just go away. I don't persist. Right. <clears throat> right. No, exactly. Okay. So travel advisors are, we're working with clients through many, many, many different steps. We're often working with clients months in advance before their trip. So let's walk a little bit through the different processes that we are going through on a day-to-day basis with clients and maybe just give one or two examples as to how we can think about integrating our brand every step of the way to make sure that we're not front heavy on the brand identity and then we kind of forget about it by the end. So we've talked a lot about the pre-discovery call, about the website, the calls to action, the social media, linking to a blog. We've talked a lot about that. So let's consider the official point at which a client reaches out. We've also talked about the new inquiry form and how my new inquiry form is just very long and detailed. And that's going to tell a client right up front, this isn't going to be a simple discovery call. We're not just going to chit chat and you say, I want Hawaii. And then I say, okay, I'll send it in a day or a week. It's going to be a very get to know you kind of conversation because that's what I truly want. Next comes those first emails. So talk to me a little bit about these first interactions, especially with a brand new client, what types of things can we be look looking for and thinking about if we want to ensure that we are speaking to our brand throughout this step? So I think it's all about creating an official process and what the intake call looks like, setting a Calendly link, but formalizing the process, whatever you do, formalize the initial process so that you're setting boundaries and reiterating your professionalism. But more than anything, consistency in that process is key. And we integrate it. I mean, I just saw, I just heard you mention Travel Joy, and that's one of our services. We actually help people implement Travel Joy processes. So integrating your branding in a way where every email you have has a beautiful header graphic that's in your font suite, that's in imagery that matches your color palette, that has your tone of voice in the header. But all of those key impact points, essentially is what they are, are reiterating who you are and how you're going to service the client moving forward. Yeah. It goes back to kind of your party, like in welcoming your guest. Like, are you going to look at somebody and be like, she's a $6,000 trip. So I'm going to welcome her this way. And then that person's a $3,000 trip. So I'm going to welcome her like this way. It's like consistency throughout because like if your process is the same for everybody, if you have like your brand consistently through the whole entire experience, you're like converting people from just being like a transactional. Like I went to Robin, I booked travel. It was great. I'm done now. And I'll whatever, do it myself. 
time. You're converting them into like, I love the way that she reached out and she really got to know us and why are we going and why are we interested in Mexico? She offered to do like look into other places because she listened to our needs. So I think by like integrating those smaller details, like the inquiry call, like reaching out before their trip or whatever it is, you're cre- you're turning them from like a transactional client who's like getting you a commission to like somebody you care about and who's going to want to come back. Cause that's like the ultimate goal, right? Like, right. You said, we don't want just one client. We want a client to book with us forever because clients graduate from honeymooners who are kind of strapped for cash to anniversary trips to like baby moons to like all these different things. So yeah, like consistency through the board and making sure that every little point has like almost like a hug for your client, like a little extra like love. I love that. How can I hug my client email about trip protection? (laughs) My wedding vendors, they like sent me all this stuff and it's like, we're going to go through and like do a huge shot list. It was my photographer. And it's like, here's a little $5 gift card. Like, I hope this makes this huge thing you're about to do a little bit easier. And it's like, oh, love. I love that. Love I love that. that. So Jen, I think you mentioned the headers on emails that you can customize both aesthetically, but also with the language of your brand. That's something that I had never considered until you posted a little boomerang shot <laughs> on Instagram of that. And I was like, whoa, wait, what is that? So tell me a little bit more about about that and talk to me about why you feel something like that is important. Is it from a design perspective that you like making it feel like it's more than just an email? Do you, I mean, talk to me a little bit about your, your guys' thought process behind these email headers. So actually I'm going to give credit where credit is due here. And Robin is totally the originator of the travel joy email headers. She's always loved Canva and it's like, a, I feel like it's a child like I've adopted from her and just nurtured continued to nurture because she put these in the agency website or the agency travel joy. And I just thought, how cool is this that at every touch point, someone gets this cute little ditty. So like on the Calendly call, it says, let's chat on the proposal. It says your proposal is ready and we think you're going to love it. So it's queuing up these emotional responses and everything we do in travel is for an emotional response. And when you get an emotional response rather than a situational response, you are, you're creating that raving fan that we just talked about. So now they're emotionally invested in getting every email because at every turn you're creating anticipation for the next step. And if you only book tropical vacations, you know, one is going to have palm fronds in the background. One's going to have a vista of Bora Bora. One's going to have waves crashing and it's transporting someone. And really that's what a brand should do. A brand should transport someone to the feeling and the immersive experience that you want. And by integrating the header graphics, it's just such a simple and automatic way that you don't even have to think about what you're doing, but you're creating that anticipation of their trip. I am amazed at the simplicity, but the thoughtfulness behind that. And you're exactly right. Just with a little, your proposal is ready and we think you're going to love it. With an image of Bora Bora in the background, like, are you also changing the background photo to match? the trip? We are changing the trip image. So even when they click into the proposal, that image will have, and I'll use this as an example, the Hermitage Bay infinity pool overlooking the hillside. So you're creating that like, wait, I want that moment. And so Mm -hmm. even if your headers don't change for the trip, but your niches 
pretty consistent. So like an FIT, if someone is doing, you know, say you're even doing like river cruise, you're doing FIT land and you're doing tropical vacations, we'll make them a little bit more general. So they um, are still appealing and they're still aesthetically lovely, but you can change the trip graphic to match it so that you're still tapping into that psychological response. Just another reason to have an expertise in the niche in your travel business, right? Because then your headers can go. (laughs) Right? There you go. It makes it so much easier to find imagery. It really does. So let's talk a little bit about the proposal design. What types of things can advisors think about when we want to integrate our brand into how we are designing proposals? So I'm going to let Robin talk about one aspect of this, but I'll I'll kick it off with, we were laughing earlier. We were talking about proposals and I said, you don't want to just throw spaghetti at the wall, which means to me, like you don't want to just throw out options at someone and like hit and run. You want to actually like be invested in painting the picture for them. So kind of like we just talked about, like really teeing up that emotional response, but also everyone's favorite topic is themselves. Let's be honest. And so by having active listening reflected in the body of your proposal, you are reiterating that you heard them and you responded based off of what they said. And there are so many travel advisors out there. And I'll use an example that I just had with an intake call on Monday. They actually said, yeah, I worked with another travel advisor. I had to cancel my honeymoon because of COVID, but I felt like based off of your website and your social media presence that you might get me a little bit more. And so you just don't know when people are looking and... I ended up, we actually had kind of like a rocky start to the call because the link didn't work for my Calendly, which never happens. It was just kind of like one of those fluke weird technology days. So I just thought, okay, she's not going to trust me. I've already fudged it up. But she ended up, we had such a good intake call. I reiterated what I heard. I sent off proposals and I even told her, I said, I hear you, but I want to let you know, I'm sending you a wild card because I feel like there might be an option that you may underestimate and you can hate it. That's okay. It's your trip. But at the end of the day, I'm sending you a few options that totally tap into what you're saying. And I might send you a little wild card for you to consider too, to get the best value for your buck. But what I wanted Robin to talk about, and I'll, I'll pass this over to her for this, is we've integrated Loom into our process. And Robin is the master yeah. of Loom. So a lot of times with, and this comes back to trips as well, but when I'm working with design clients on branding and stuff, like if they see a mood board and they see the keywords, it's like, yeah, I think I get it. But like when I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is why I pulled these images. Like, this is what inspired me to pull this keyword. Like, this is why I kind of threw in a nuts so crazy brand idea that you might have no idea, like, hate. You can totally hate it. But it's like, it allows you to connect a little bit and it takes the process a step further, right? Like, and that's like the email headers. You're like, that's so simple. Like, and it's so easy. But like, I think those are the points where we really do elevate our brands is when we sit down and we say, can this one point of my process, like this one little touch point be a little bit better? If so, how. I really love that. And that's such a good example of when we're all evaluating our own process and what we can do. I also, I'm a big words person, Jen, like I can't say anything in under five minutes. <laughs> and now that Loom has limited us on the videos, I had to like go find another software. Like I can't do, I can't do anything in five minutes, you guys. 
So, but I also started um, because I felt like putting all of the same bullet points in an email, just clients weren't reading it or it wasn't coming across the way that I was thinking it or the way that I wanted to say it. And it just like, there was a disconnect in some of these really, really detailed proposals that I was sending. And so I also started making the Loom videos and it felt like more of a conversation of, hey, this is what we talked about during our discovery call. I want you to consider this. I know you're also thinking about this for a future trip. So this is a take it or leave. You know what? Like I could make all those little comments that are much harder to say in an email. And I think 90% of clients responded saying, thank you so much for that video. Like, thank you. That was so helpful. And just this year, I added to my Calendly link. I asked clients, do you want a phone call or a video call? Because for me and for my business, I really want to build strong relationships, like lifetime client relationships. And I think that it's hard to do that over the phone sometimes when you can't see people. And I also added to my calendar link, will your travel companion be joining you? And I say like, I would really love if everyone could be on the phone call because I've also started to discover that when you're only talking with one person in a couple, like their ideas of what that trip is going to look like are vastly different. And so if you can get them on the call and if you can ask them questions together and they both kind of look at each other like, oh, how do we feel about this? That actually makes the process go better. But then selfishly, I'm able to develop a rapport with both of them rather than with just like that lead client. And so these are some small details that I've added only recently. And so far, the first client who I offered a video call to, they took a video call and they said, we'll both be there. And that was already just like night and day and improvement from, you know, previous conversations where it was phone only, someone was in the car driving and it was like only the wife. And then the husband was like, this proposal is terrible. That this is yeah, what I paid everything. And you're like, what is the context? No, it totally takes your whole brand to a new level because... I mean, and sometimes I have to stop myself from thinking like, oh, I'm just planning a honeymoon. It's like, actually, no, I'm planning their very first trip as husband and wife. That's a huge deal. Like, no, I'm planning their first fifth anniversary. That's a huge deal. That's half a decade together. Like, Mm-hmm. And it makes it a little bit more special. And then it also portrays to them like, hey, she cares. Like she's not just trying to book me to make money. She like actually is here to listen. And showing your face is just so important. We talk about it on social media too. Like showing your face on social media is awesome because it gives you a, just a better glimpse into the personality. And like, again, people buy from people. Like people don't buy from a pretty website. They don't buy from a pretty social media feed. They buy because they connect with you on some level or they love what you're dishing out and some reason. And so Jen, she does a lot of our social media. So when people reach out on social media, she responds to them because again, she's good with words and I word vomit everywhere and nothing I say makes sense most of the time. But I mean, then it got to the point where I was working with them and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't just start working and designing around your business if I don't truly understand you. So I like, before we start any design calls, we have a Google meet, like a video chat, me and the business advisor. And we literally just sit down and talk about their business. Like it's not necessarily about design all it's literally like I'm Robin and like we're going to be working pretty intensely together for the next three to five weeks like on whatever project you booked with us so like I'm going to tell you a little bit about me and you're going to tell me a little bit about you and then it's going to be a better relationship because I'm going to understand what you need more and you're going to understand what I can deliver so yeah I love that and every single time I use Loom for clients I say oh my god I would recommend this for proposals because it's it's truly awesome so and make sure you keep your camera on like don't just make you know a video 
video, but like hiding your face, like even sometimes when I wasn't, you know, not looking the way that I wanted to, I kept that on so they could see me like this is a human behind this video that I am making specifically for you. Like I'm not this is not just a blanket grease video that I send out like this is for you. I'm speaking to you about our conversation and it just humanizes everything for sure. So for me, one of the toughest parts of the process is itinerary confirmation and then leading up to the trip. And I think the reason why it's tough for me is because sometimes there's just months that go on between when we confirm that trip and to when they actually travel. And I'm very much someone who I, like, I just never want to feel like a bother. I never want to yeah. feel like, like people are like, why are you reaching out to me? Like we did the thing. So what are some examples of how we can really look into this part of the process and make sure that we're still speaking and integrating our brand through? throughout the trip confirmation and leading up to that trip? Yeah, this is something we have integrated into our standard workflow, which it includes 31 canned emails. But the the thing is that most people are in that situation. Right now is a little bit of a fluke where everyone's kind of planning more last minute trips than normal. So you don't always have that month to month lead up, which is a little bit unique. But eventually, you know, crossing fingers, knocking on wood, that is all going to come back. That longer term lead up is going to come back. And you don't want them to feel like, okay, well, where are they in the world? Have they forgotten us? So we've automated touch points at 90 days. And historically, you know, if you're working with a DMC, you get a lot of those tours, excursions, things like that in the initial proposal. However, at 90 days, so three months, that's when they kind of start to feel a little bit antsy typically of like, okay, we're getting a little bit closer. And so to me, that's a perfect point of sending an automated email. And it's actually sent as a form in travel joy of like your it's time we're getting closer. Can you share your travel preferences with us? And so it has just a really short form that's like, what's your preferred pace of the morning? Are you up and eager to get ready to go? Are you really lazy and it want to enjoy your coffee slowly? Or do you want a little bit of balance of both? What are your preferred dinner times? Do you have any specific dining requests. So they're feeling like, oh, we're back in it now. We're we're in the on-ramp for this vacation, but you're still three months out, which gives the travel advisor three months to set up that itinerary, which I think is a, a fabulous amount of time. And many restaurants aren't going to accept reservations until 30 days anyway, but you have that information ready to go. It just regenerates that level of excitement for their trip. They get to talk about their trip again. And so that's automated at 90 days. And it just has that kind of brand voice in it that's just exciting, re-exciting you. And then at 45 days, sending that, hey, automated form, just want to make sure nothing on your passport or your address has changed in case you want to send a thank you note, a gift, luggage tags, whatever your pre-travel routine is. And then if anything has changed, like someone accidentally got their name changed because, well, it's COVID and it's been now 12 months since they've got married <laughs> and they they wanted to change their passport because they were excited. Well, you have now 45 days to like look into that situation and remedy it versus that 24-hour check-in before they go, which completely throws off the vibe and the mood of a check-in process the day before travel. So just integrating those like automated touch points can really one, safeguard you as an advisor, but help them get excited again. That is so smart. Oh my goodness. I'm already thinking of like all the things I need to do. And then I'm like, nope, wait, just going to go purchase that thing they're selling me. <laughs> 
that task list is getting longer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I mean, I don't even mind that it gets longer because like you said, it's it speaks our brand all the way throughout. It makes us look professional so then clients trust us more. But also it protects me. Like the vast majority of things that have been added to my workflow over the years is like another little check to like protect myself, but also to proactively think about the clients and to make sure that we're not going to come up with something crazy at that 24 hour check-in because I've gotten that phone call. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a fun one. That's a learning, learning moment for all agents is like the, Oh, I didn't, I missed something. And, and that's the reality when something does go wrong. I mean, things are going to happen. Travel happens. In fact, our, our trip lead up is like, by the way, travel happens. Things happen. Don't panic. So it's got some cutesy verbiage in it. But the reality is things are going to happen. But if we can get ahead of it as professionals, that is so much more important. I love that you also mentioned the automated emails because I have also found in the last 12 months that being proactive has been my my greatest attribute of the last 12 months with clients. Because when clients come to you, and they're emailing you saying, hey, what about this thing? When are we going to do this? And that could be spa appointments, restaurant reservations. What time are we starting in the morning? Like you were uh, referring to about how people like to get up and start their day. A lot of times clients are asking questions like this way at the beginning of the process before we've even confirmed the trip. And I'm thinking like, we're not making dinner reservations. You haven't even decided what you're doing or where you're going to be in Italy on this Thursday. Like how can we make a restaurant reservation? But I haven't proactively laid out the timeline of when these things will be happening. And so that's on me, right? Like I should come up with a branded communication, a welcome document that says, Hey clients, welcome to the family. This is what this is going to look like here. Nine months in advance, we're going to be working on this. We're going to get to restaurants and spa appointments around 90 days in advance. I'll reach out at that point, you know? And so then it's like, okay, everybody's on the same page. Her brand looks great because that was communicated both with branded verbiage, but also branded aesthetic. I feel like I can trust her. I feel like she knows what she's doing. I'm not going to focus on restaurant reservations now, 12 months out, you know? So I, I really love all those automations that you talked about. And that's that's really powerful. I think it, it it's a win-win, honestly. Everything you just mentioned, I think it benefits the client, but I think it also benefits the advisor and their workflow. Oh, for sure. Protect your peace always. Love, love, love that. Okay. During the trip, this is a really fun one. I am someone, I definitely send that bon voyage. I definitely send that checking in to like make sure, but I feel like it could be improved from my perspective in terms of like how I approach it or like the words that I use or the excitement that I come to that email with. So talk to me a little bit about how you guys approach this part of the process. So before they leave on their trip, we send the bon voyage or whatever. And I am a a big proponent. Everyone has their own things, but I am a big proponent of like, if I'm on a personal trip, I do not want to be bothered. So when my clients are on a personal trip, I try not to bother them. I always send like a check-in email. How was your travel day? Did anything go wrong or not wrong, but like, obviously you phrase that a little bit more. Were there any hiccups? Yeah. yeah. Like, were there any issues that you ran into? And most of the time I never hear back and I love it. And then we also send a welcome, like a little welcome letter. Some properties obviously aren't doing it right now because of COVID protocol call, but they'll some put it on like a TV screen or whatever. So they still feel like, Hey, there's a branded, you know, welcome letter on my desk. That's so sweet of Robin to say, she's so excited to see how my Jamaica honeymoon went, but I'm a big, like open the door in the bon voyage, like 
post about, you know, I'd love to follow along with you virtually, like make sure you tag myself and the agency's Instagram so that I can share your awesome trip on my page or whatever it is, or, and like kind of set it up before. So it's like, you have all the information you need when you're in destination. If something goes wrong, if you need to get a hold of me, here's all the information that you possibly need. But like, I always empower them, like take a trip. Like, I hope that you feel confident turning off your cell phone and sitting by the pool all day and drinking that margarita like I know you're so excited to do. So I'm I'm not a bother people on trips type of person. I do believe to outline all those important contact informations in the Bon Voyage, show or tell them about how to share on social media because that's always important for us. It's I think that's like the best sort of advertising you can have is when you repost to your Instagram story of yeah. you sitting by a pool enjoying a beautiful resort. So I always love that, but I try not to be like a nosy Nelly and kind of push my ego to the side to be like everything's fabulous and like have them write out some 5 million page thing to like tear them away from their trip. Like I want them to be so ingrained and so in love. And then after the trip, I want to know all the details, like what went right, what went wrong, all the things.com like that, that you yeah. could possibly know. Um, and sometimes I think for me personally, this depends on the client kind of on a client by client basis. But if I know that client is not a great emailer, but they're a good texter, I will actually text a check-in like 24 hours after I know that they've landed in destination to just say like, Hey, how's everything going? Because it's really easy to text back and say, we arrived, everything's perfect. Thank you so much. But it's also my way of communicating. Text me if you need help. Yeah. Here, if you remember that you can text me. Yep. For sure. And finally, post trip and keeping in touch. This is probably one of the most underrated, most important parts of our process, especially for those travel advisors who really want to build the long-term relationships and who are designing trips that families are traveling multiple times a year or every year. So talk to me about post-trip and how we don't forget about our brand and we continue that integration all the way throughout. Yeah, absolutely. We we obviously have our welcome home, like our automated email that goes out with a link to the survey to make it easier. Some of my clients who prefer talking on the phone, I'll include a Calendly link, like if you want to like debrief and tell me more, let me know. But definitely capturing as much awesome feedback as possible because that's stuff you can use on your website. You can use that on yep. social media. Like the proof is in the pudding type of thing. Like you want those reviews. And there's so many awesome agents out there that I work with. And I'm like, okay, we have this beautiful website. This part is going to be for your client testimonials. And they're like, oh, I don't capture those. And I'm like, go get them because they are so important to build credibility. But then also in the continuing of the relationship, we have a six month automated touch point just to see how things are. Like it's been a while you've, you've traveled, just wanted to touch points with like a travel wish list. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody who works with us obviously fills out like their inquiry form and stuff like that. But we do have a travel wish list where we get to know a little bit more about them and where they want to go um, their bucket list items. So it's like, we can like always kind of be in the lookout for things like that. I love that. It's, yeah. It's fun. Right. Cause like, mm-hmm. again, you want clients to come back like less work for you in the marketing. Like if you have these clients who are coming back to you and loving you and the service you provide and the experience they had and like all the things you're delivering with your brand. So yeah, the touch point has been awesome because people are like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. I was going to reach out to you in a month because we're going to a destination wedding in Cabo and I wanted to get your help on it. You know, so glad, whatever. And it's happened more than once. Cause at first I was like, I'm nervous. Are they going to be afraid to hear from me? Like, am I going to mm-hmm. be annoying? And it's like, that hasn't been the case, especially for clients who have been well taken care of. And my services have provided a comprehensive travel 
experience for them, Mm -hmm. um, they really like it. So I think that's awesome to like come back to them again and just, just hit them with like a little, Hey, I love the, the wish list approach of it because it's, it's much easier to kind of depending how you present it. It's much easier to be like, Hey, what's on your wish list? What are you thinking about over the next, you know, year or two, as opposed to like, where do you want to go next? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Come come hire me. (laughs) How do do you need me yet? I have found that if you approach it as like a wish, if you ask me what my wish list is, I have five or six things I can tell you immediately. If you ask me where I'm going next. If it's not booked, then I may not even have like an immediate response. Like, Oh, I don't know yet. We haven't decided. So it's, it's a better like prompt, I think. And I've also found that knowing someone's wish list makes it so much easier for me to keep in touch. Because if I know that you're thinking of like Egypt as an example, even if it's not going to be your next trip, but I know that like that's high on the list for you. I watched a Netflix documentary a couple months ago called the tombs of Sakura. Have you guys oh, heard of this? Yes, yes I have. It's amazing. And so they're like, oh, I love stuff like that. Yeah. So there was one client who just their most recent trip with me was Egypt. Uh And then there were two clients who I know that they want to go to Egypt soon. So I just I was like, this is a fantastic opportunity. Just typed up a quick like personal email separately to all three of them linked the Netflix. And I was like, I just watched this documentary. It was absolutely incredible. I thought you might like it. See, and that takes you from like a travel advisor who booked one trip to like, my friend Whitney, who's like a bomb travel agent. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I yep. think it's always breaking down that barrier where it's like we sit and we have a headset on and we're like listening in a strip mall to your like travel needs or whatever. And like, no, we're like a serious yep. like advisor. We help you. Yep. And so yep. I love that. All right, guys, we got to wrap this up or else we're never going to be finished. <laughs> okay. I, I really, really appreciate you, your guys' willingness to dive into all these details because it's really fun. If advisors are ready to begin diving into their client experience and just to start the journey into looking for ways to ensure that their brand is integrated from start to finish, where do you guys suggest they begin? What questions do you think they should be asking themselves? What should they be looking for? Help give us a little bit of a launching off pad to get started. So first things first, I always say the party. I think that's the funnest way to visualize your brand. Like, I love the party. Isn't it fun? But then also yeah. be honest for like, take like your, I, this is my business, like go on the outside. Would you buy from you? Like based on your website, based on your social media, based on your processes now, how would you as a client enjoy the process and what can you tweak to improve? And like, it does take you sitting down, not answering the phone for a full day. I do this on Fridays where it's like, there is no client work being done. There is just business work being done and making sure that you schedule those appropriately throughout like your month or every couple of weeks to sit down and evaluate and improve on little things because little goes a long way, like we said. And then another question is your fee structure appropriate for your knowledge level? Not every travel advisor is a luxury travel advisor and it's okay to not be. Um, be honest about your niche and how you're going to create that network. Like, do you feel intimidated selling these intense properties and these private jet charters? Like, is that not where you love? Like, great, don't sell them. Like, don't try to be something you're not and stop looking to the left and the right. Like, look at what you, what brings you joy? Like, Destination Weddings, they make a ton of money. I hate them. I booked one. I will never do it again. It's yep. insane. 
Yeah, I totally agree. (laughs) Be okay turning away that business and not marketing to that niche anymore. And then realistically, would your client experience make you want to return? Like what little details can elevate that whole experience so that somebody is like the next time they think, and maybe it doesn't even make sense to book with you. Maybe it's just some little trip to South Carolina when you live in Florida and it's like, you don't need me, but you want to work with me and that's important. So what little things can you do throughout your experience to be like, hey, you should return to me because I'm going to take care of you. That's a really good question to kind of sit back, ask yourself and remove yourself from your business, which can be really hard sometimes. So maybe even I have some close friends who are clients, which they're also really good sounding boards. Sometimes I made the mistake at the beginning of my business to ask close friends who were not clients and who would never be clients. They weren't my ideal target market. And I ran a lot of things by them and they would give me feedback that didn't feel right. And it took me months to realize, stop asking these people. They're not your ideal client. Now I have clients who have become friends. Yeah. And they are perfect clients for me. And so now when I truly have a question and I'm looking for feedback of like, hey, if I did this, like what what would be your reaction to that? They offer wonderful advice because they are my client. They are my ideal client. And they're close enough like a friend that I feel comfortable asking. Yeah, for sure. Jennifer. Yes. Any advice, any just like questions to ask, just like really help advisors get in this zone of brand integration and like finding the little nuances that we can think about throughout our process. Where would you advise we begin? Well, I might be biased, but I'm going to say teak. (laughs) (laughs) So the reality is, and, and we've touched on this before, is that we have looked at this from a 360 degree perspective, talking start to finish, not just the website from a marketing perspective, but from a true travel designer experience perspective. So we have compiled what we think and what we actually use because obviously necessity is the mother of invention. We've created the easiest, fastest, and we believe most economical ways to build a brand to attract your ideal clientele. And even if our verbiage is a little bit off from what you want as your brand verbiage, it's giving you a platform to tweak it. So every single one of our tools, so say you get a a, a website template or um, a semi-custom brand, it comes with an automatic download resource guide. So you're not in this alone. You're not just going to like, you know, check out and never work with us again. We're here as a resource. We're not going anywhere. Even post-COVID, we have plans to maintain a strong and thriving business with Teak. So we are 100% committed to becoming a primary resource for travel advisors moving forward for economical, seamless, and efficient ways of running their business. I'm so happy you guys decided to partner and start this brand because honestly, everything that I see you guys come out with, I just think to myself like, oh, where was this five years ago? This could have been so helpful to me. (laughs) We love hearing that. Both of you, this has been so wonderful and really, really informative. I've, I've even come up with a lot of ideas just in sitting here in conversation with you. So I'm really excited. Thank you both for opening our eyes just to see how impactful it can be when travel advisors can really create a consistently branded experience for their clients. So for everyone listening, I'm going to do a little bit more bragging for both of them just to share some of the few key design packages that Robin and Jen are offering at Teak. They have the Express Package, which is custom branding and a website template, which provides a fast way for agents to launch a site. So correct me if I'm wrong. This is for advisors who can work off of a template. I always say it's easier to edit than to start fresh. So this really gives them like the foundation to start and then they can edit and update and make it their own. Is that a good description? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, everything and we can we 
we have like a little resource thing. So if you want to change your text, there's a link to show you how to do so. I never want people to be like, uh, now I have to pay somebody $500 an hour to do this little small tweak. Like we always try to empower our clients to be like, okay, you have a brand new website or you have a template. Here is how you can edit it easily. I found templates when I was looking to redesign my website last year, but they weren't for the travel industry. They were just templates in general. And even though it gave me a starting point, it still felt like I was doing a lot of the heavy lifting because it still like wasn't for me or for my business. So I really love and really appreciate that these templates are not only templates, but they're templates for travel advisors because you guys know what our website needs and what it doesn't need. Uh, You're also offering systems workflows with graphics that we discussed previously that can be branded and adapted. I think you can just sign me up for that one. I want to I want that one. (laughs) The systems workflow and the graphics, this is everything we've been discussing today, this package that you're offering, right? And it's a three-day turnaround. So we literally will just get your travel joy. I recommend changing your password afterwards so you feel super secure. You can even do a temporary password while I work in it. We get in, we apply the standard workflow, archive anything else, and which you can always bring back. And it's done in three days. So you can literally transform how you do business within the same week. And for advisors like me who like, I already have a super, super clear workflow and like email templates and everything set up rather than getting in and kind of doing it. Would you ever just consider kind of like we engage your services and then we sit down and look at kind of like what you have and what we have. And maybe it's just more of a tweaking situation as opposed to just clear all mine out and bring all yours in. Is that a possibility? Whitney, I am just loving that question so hard because we are launching audits as a service. So you can probably by the time this is actually live, it's already going to be on the website, but that will be a service where people can actually bring us on. And Robin would be a key component for a website audit, a branding audit, and I would be a workflow audit. And we would even, of course, anytime you get a service with us, it's two for the price of one because we work collaboratively on everything. But yes, that's absolutely an option. And then for people that want a more tailored, customized workflow that maybe they don't have an implementation, we do also offer a full comprehensive customized workflow option for a little bit more than the standard workflow. And we get to know your business. There's a a really in-depth survey. And then we build that from the ground up. So there are multiple levels. It really sounds like, I mean, I love that both of you already work in the travel industry. So not only are you catering your design packages for travel advisors, but you also do what we do. So you know the behind the scenes of our day-to-day and what we need and what we're looking for. And it sounds like you've really set up your packages to kind of meet all advisors wherever they are in their journey, which I really appreciate. That's the goal. You can find out more about Teak on their website at teakhq.com. You can also follow them on Instagram, which I highly recommend. Their handle is at teakhq, T-I-Q-U-E-H-Q. Both of these are linked in the show notes for you. Jennifer and Robin have also been super generous to offer 25% off of anything in their shop with the code masters in travel. Jennifer and Robin, thank you both again for your willingness and for your enthusiasm to be a part of the conversation. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Masters in Travel. If you want more, head over to mastersintravelpod.com for show notes and links to the resources we discussed in today's episode. If you loved today's interview as much as I did, please take a moment to leave a review, subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and be sure to share this podcast with an advisor who is ready to level up their travel business. 
To continue the conversation, find us on Instagram at Masters in Travel, where we preview upcoming episodes and engage with our listeners to decide what topics to cover next. We'll see you next time.